everybody, it's another Take Wheels Take Off Sports. Today is Memorial Day. Thank you, everybody, for taking the time to join me and listen to the show, uh, this particular podcast today. Today's podcast, just happy Memorial Day. I don't really have any fancy title in regards to sports. Going to get into a, a event or the NBA Finals, uh, the Boston Massacre, they called it, um, back in, I think that was 1987, where the Boston Celtics just absolutely put a whooping on the Los Angeles Lakers in game one. Going to remember that and, and tell you how significant that particular NBA Finals game was to me. Yesterday, I talked to a couple of friends of mine in regards to the uh, college football, or my bad, NCAA, relaxing and uh, uh, there's some restrictions and probably and, and going to allow voluntary workouts. Uh, again, like I said, these guys, these these guys and ladies are amateurs, so I don't really see a necessity for them to be able to play. And also, I'm going to agree with um, some college presidents that hey, if the students are not on campus, I can't see how intercollegiate sports could be played in the fall. But hey, we know football rules. Um, there will be some form of, uh, of a season exhibition games. I don't know how it's going to work, but I know they're going to play football. I know the SEC is going to do everything they can to get all their schools to participate. But I think it's going to be very Southern dominant in regards to uh, which schools are going to play. I, that's just my opinion. I don't have any definite info on that, but that's just the way it seems right now. Is this particular uh, this this pandemic has just split down party lines basically you know depends on who you believe and who you trust that's basically how it goes but i think with in, in with college football i think you're definitely going to see the sec try to uh be the leader out front it's just going to be who else follows and i just don't see uh the pac-12 or the pac-16 whatever having many participants and there is even some uh trepidation by the sec uh, I mean the ACC and possibly that all of their schools will participate so we'll see we'll find out but I definitely do think there will be college football one thing personally right now some friends of mine Mr. Walter Strong Mr. Mike Walker this is Zach Flournoy and then my three guests Mr. Eli Rogier Ms. Danielle Joyner-Kelly and also Tony Jones for joining uh, Will's Take on Sports Zoom call yesterday um, it's up on Facebook just uh, also, if you're on Facebook, just go to my Facebook page, Will's Take on Sports in the search box. Um, check out that video. And also, while you're visiting the page, please uh, hit that like button. All right, going to get into what happened yesterday, a live sporting event that happened that I really, truly uh, cared about. I haven't cared much about uh, what's been going on with uh, as with wrestling and, um, you know, as they wrestle or whatever the situation is. I don't care about none of that mess. I don't care about NASCAR, UFC, or none of that mess. I just don't. It just doesn't work for me. Um, I'm not a fan of none of that. So, but I do um, care about soccer. The Bundesliga is back in playing. Um, I, I don't follow the Bundesliga as tightly as I follow the Premier League because the Premier League is the Premier League. You know, and plus my favorite club team plays in the Premier League, Man City. But anyway, the Bundesliga is back. Um, kudos to Germany being able to, you know, get some type of live sports going on the on the pitch, on the field. So, but that's that's what that's that's a live sport event that's back. Although it's not here in the U.S., it's across the pond. I have no take really on on the Bundesliga except that I'm interested in seeing what goes on with Weston McKinney, uh, Mr. Gio Reyna, um, also uh, Tyler, I, Tyler Adams, 
and what they're doing for their respective teams. So I don't have a real following of that, except that I did watch a couple of matches. Uh, Eric Holland is just, he's just unbelievable. He's a super talent uh, that plays for Borussia Dortmund. I, lo I love this kid. I, I just love his game. I love the way he plays. Um, he's a finisher and he's showing that he has that special unique skill set, you know, that's gonna, th that could put him on the next, you know, superstar world football player. Uh, plateau. He's not there yet, but he could get there if he if he continues to score goals at the pace that he's currently scoring goals at. Alright, that celebrity golf tournament that happened yesterday between Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. That was an event I watched. It did look, it looked odd, but the reason it looked odd to me is because they were riding around on golf carts and then also the weather just was not being, was not cooperating. Um, at the time of recording my podcast yesterday or the the video zoom call uh the match was going on so i was really not as into it as far as my uh, undivided attention but i was watching i still was paying uh, uh getting a glimpse here and there of what was going on tom brady definitely hit the shot of the match when uh, he knocked in that eagle from the fairway uh as he made his approach to the green and he had tom brady looked like me playing golf. I mean, that ball was going everywhere. He was spraying it left, right, short, skipping, missing the green, everything. He just looked like a guy who was just out there in a regular um, Saturday morning on a public course playing golf. But then again, that's why he's such a great, uh, but then he's he got it together on the back nine and that's why he's such a great athlete. What he was able to do and recover. And, you know, I was like, I can't believe what, what he's doing on the back nine, given that the front nine, he absolutely stunk up the joint. But that's why he's a great athlete. You know, great athletes, sometimes they, they transcend across sports. Um, that's not nothing new. You know, we know of many athletes that can play another sport besides the sports that they're professional in. So wasn't surprised with Tom Brady being able to come back and at least put up a better showing than he did on the front nine. Peyton Manning was solid. Tiger Woods looked like Tiger Woods. It's his, it was his home course, so he looked like Tiger Woods. A little different look with the uh, with the goatee beard. A uh, little different look, but Tiger looked like Tiger. Didn't seem to miss anything. It looked like everything was going straight for Tiger. Phil Mickelson, glad to see him out there playing. And kudos to all those gentlemen for uh, being out there in the rain and playing golf for charity, basically, you know. And again, desperate for live sports, I am, but the live sports I want to watch, but desperate for live sports. So uh, that was an event I checked out and was happy to see. Again, Charles Barkley was on the bar, uh, the broadcast. Charles Barkley on anything. I think Charles Barkley could probably could broadcast and make a cooking show entertaining, to be honest with you. He, got, he brought some entertainment to, to the uh, – to the broadcast wasn't just stale and it was you know wasn't i wouldn't say it was the best golf you could see or a or, or great play but it, at least it was live let me go with that that's the most important thing at least it was live all right let me take a swig of this coffee and take a little short little uh interlude break and listen to some of these sounds all right thank you for um, that's the other side. This is the other side of the noise. 
1987, game one of the NBA Finals was between the Boston Celtics and the uh, Los, Los Angeles Lakers. This was the last meeting of the 1980s between these two franchises. They had met uh, in 84, 85, um, 87 was the last one. 87, yeah, 87 was the last meeting between those two teams. Um, Larry Bird came in. He had won three NBA Finals. Um, beat Houston twice and beat the Lakers once uh, in the 1980s and this was Magic Johnson going for his fourth title um, would have been his fourth and would have been Bird's fourth but Magic was able to prevail in the series over the Boston Celtics that was coming off Magic's MVP season but game one of the 1987 NBA Finals was a beat down the Boston Celtics could not miss a shot in that ball game. That's the most memorable, memorable performance I have seen um, in regards to an NBA Finals on Memorial Day. As that's what I'm looking back because it's, I'm recording this on Memorial Day. But that's that that beatdown was unreal. And when you're young, you don't understand why they play seven game series. I didn't understand. I was 15 years old when that went down. So when the Lakers took that beating and I went to, I, I lived in the area and went to a high school that was predominantly Boston Celtics fans. I'm going to chalk that up to the coincidence that I went to a predominantly white high school and I lived in a predominantly white neighborhood. That's what I'm going to chalk that up to. But anyway, so when the Celtics won that game, we had school the next day. And I mean, I caught grief. Now I'm not a, I'm not nowhere near a Los Angeles Lakers fan, but at that time, because my particular team that I rooted for, the Philadelphia 76ers, at that time I was a Philadelphia 76ers fan because the Miami Heat had not come about yet. But anyway, I was a Philadelphia 76er fan, and the Philadelphia 76ers were not in the NBA Finals. So, you know, you pick a side of the team of of the two participants in. The, you know, finals competition, the NBA finals. So I chose the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, and listen, the Lakers were, uh, Boston was the defending uh, NBA champions. The Lakers had got up, the Lakers were upset the previous year uh, in the Western Conference finals by Houston. But the Lakers came off a magical season. Again, Magic Johnson was um, coming off an MVP type year going into that 1987 NBA Finals. And his game was starting to get a whole lot different. He just wasn't a flashy passer, the guy who led Showtime. He became an, an really a off, he became an offensive weapon. It wasn't just, it was no longer just James Worthy and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Magic Johnson, he went to the next level. He became the most valuable player in the National Basketball Association because he his game, was going was at, at that level now um but that game one was an absolute i mean boston could not miss a shot it, it was that it was that unbelievable i mean bird went off ainge went off i mean they just it was unreal to watch well as a kid a 15 year old kid and, and i'm going to give you my reaction to that i was like oh my goodness the lakers gonna really lose to boston i'm never going to hear the end of this from my buddies at school this is just going to be just ugly for me to just keep hearing about the Boston Celtics. I already had to hit it this last year when they won uh, the NBA Finals or the NBA Championship and now I'm going to have to hit this again because they're going to beat Magic Johnson after Magic's coming off this historical year. 
Well, game after game one, beat down, and they called it the Boston the Boston Massacre. I think that's what it was called in the headlines in Boston. I don't know. I'm just going by something. I think I saw it on a documentary uh, some years later. But anyway, game two happened, and the Lakers just totally turned that thing around, and that's when I learned the value of the seven-game series and why it is played. Um in the in the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball, because usually in seven games, it's hard to beat a very good team four out of seven times. It's very hard. You can have the type of game that Boston had in one game, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to happen four times. You can you can do that four times to beat a very good team, and the Lakers just were a very good team in 1987. So. That's the thing I wanted to bring up as I was thinking about what memorable sports event could I talk about on Memorial Day. And of course, I was like, well, the probably the most, I don't know, besides, I guess, if you're an IndyCar fan or you're a NASCAR fan. But for me, uh, the NBA and what happened in game one of the 1987 NBA finals and the way Boston just shot the lights out in that ball game. I think they put up like 140 plus points. This without me looking at it. I'm just going off the top of my head. But they put up a lot of points in that game, and it was it was tough to watch. I'm gonna be honest with you, it was really tough to watch. wasn't easy um, as I was rooting against the Celtics. All right, going to get into something else. Uh, speaking of the NBA, um, possibly they're they're going to play at some point. Also, I think that's going to happen too. Where, how, and when? Eh, I don't know. I mean, there's reports that they'll be playing at uh, the Disney Complex, I guess, down in Florida or in one location and then Vegas in another location. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're going to they're going to try to exhaust all measures to get the NBA back on the uh, court. I think you're going to see the same thing with Major League Baseball. I think when June, the calendar turns June, you're going to see some things starting to, I guess you can say, get back to some sense of normal although you will not see fans in the stands at any of these events right away but i think you're going to see um some sense of normalcy uh and sports is going to provide that and you're going to see uh the nba finish out their season and crown a champion probably late july early august somewhere in there and then if they do that they shouldn't start the nba season to christmas day and play six six games and that should be the format going forward six six games just just play or oh, 60 games or whatever and start on christmas day that that should be their format going forward um if that's what happens at the start of the 2020 2021 season that should be that should be it just play let's play 60 games start on christmas day and we'll be good to go but anyway um Back to the NBA and how I think uh, they, I mean, yeah, how they'll, how they'll resume and uh, they're going to resume. It's going to be July. I don't, it's not going to be early July. It may be somewhere towards the end, early, uh, I mean, June, sorry. Early, it may be late June, early July, but they're going to definitely get back on the court at some point in time. There's been word, there's been discussions whether it should be an asterisk by it. I kind of say no. I'm going to go with the no because they played majority of the season. I mean, can't do anything about a global pandemic, um, honestly. So, you know, they did the NBA made the right call and pausing the season and, you know, allowing, you know, to get the information that uh, to be for the safety of the players and the coaches and also the officials and team executives. I mean, they did the right thing. They, they, they made the right call. So 
to me, I wouldn't see it as an asterisk, but I can understand the argument for someone that says it should be. But I'm not on I'm on the side of no, you know, hey, you're on the court you play, whether you play whether it was a shortened season, lockout season, whatever, or full season. If you win, you win. Because all the other teams had to play under the same rules and circumstances. So that's why I say it should not be an asterisk. But in and also in regards to the NHL, I think they'll try to get out get out there also, although they're not quite as popular as the some of the as the big three, uh baseball, uh football and basketball. I still think the NHL is going to try to find a way to complete their season. Also, I think Major League Baseball will get started. I think it'll be after the sometime in July. I think they'll make that transition. But like I said, I think with some of the states starting to open back up and I saw that the New York governor um, said that, you know, he's allowing pro teams to go ahead and start opening up their facilities. They've already done that in Florida. I think you're going to see that happen in California and other just other states are just going to be able to allow their uh their sports teams to open up their their facilities and as they you know try to get uh back to uh, playing professional sports and I think with the Major League Baseball I think the Major League Baseball players union and Major League Baseball will work out something to where they'll be able to play uh, a shortened season possibly getting started sometime after the fourth I think after the fourth of July or on the fourth of July just to take advantage of that holiday. Just my opinion. I don't have any any um, uh, info on that or any background knowledge or I'm breaking any news. I'm just giving you strictly my opinion. And that's what this is. Will's take on sports is just Will's opinion. That's all it is. I don't break news on it. I just react most of the time to what's going on in live sports. And there is no live sports right now. So the information or, or what I just uh, said in regards to Major League Baseball, the NBA, and uh, the NHL. It's just my opinion. Let me get into the NFL real quick in this Dak Prescott thing as it's just dominating the NFL news. And the NFL, I also think, is going to also play their season at some point. I don't think it'll be all 16 games. I think we might get 10, and maybe, maybe even 12. But I don't think you're going to get all 16 games of the NFL play. But anyway, let me talk about the big news in the NFL going on. And that's Dak Prescott not signing a contract. There's been reports that he was offered this amount of money, uh, a certain a certain number. Um, and then he came out and said, no, that's that's not it. Listen, first of all, anybody offer me $100 million, I'm taking it. Guaranteed money? Yo, I'm in. I'm so serious. I'm Yo, I'm in. Especially over four or five years. I, don't, I wouldn't even argue over whether it's four or five years. I'm not Dak Prescott. Uh, I'm not where I'm not thinking about the possibility of an, inf an inflation on the cap and how the cap goes up. And then the number that you signed for two years prior to you, you know, two years uh, into your contract, you know, that number is not looking quite as nice as it was when you first signed. Hey, that's you. I mean, that, I understand he's a professional player and he has to look out for the best interest and he wants market value, fair market value for his services. Good for Dak Prescott. But I'm going to try to told you straight up. I'm going to just try to told you. If it was Will offered $100 million guaranteed, and that's even if I was a professional quarterback, I'm sorry, and I made $4 million on average for a rookie salary for the first four years of my life, yo, bro, I sign. Real talk, straight up, I'm just trying to told you. Where do I sign? $100 million straight up money, guaranteed, which is something that the NFL just starting to do, for a four-year deal, I don't care if it's for a hundred and $20 million or whatever, or the average salary is only going to be 30 million. I really don't care when, because if he signs the franchise tag, which, which 
make it a one-year deal, the average salary of the top five quarterbacks would break him down to probably about, about 31, 32 million, 33 million, somewhere in there. Fine and hunky-dory. Good, because you can't sneeze at that either. But somebody offer you $100 million guaranteed money? Now, I've been big on arguing with a Dallas Cowboy fan that I know who annoys me and started to make me a Dallas Cowboy hater. I'm going to leave his name out of it. But anyway, um, that Dak should get fair market value. Yo, now I'm telling Dak Prescott, I'm saying that Dak Prescott, fair market value is $100 million guaranteed money. That's crazy. You cannot turn down $100 million guaranteed money. First of all, you, you're not that good. I mean, yeah, I know what your stats are. Yes, I know what you've done to lead the Cowboys, but yo, real talk, $100 million guaranteed money, that's, that's not something that you, Dak Prescott, should turn down. I think you're a top 15 quarterback, but yeah, but bro, $100 million, that's serious. That's, I mean, to me, he's starting to look bad. If he, if that's what was offered, I don't know. That's just one of the reports. And he came out saying, no, that's not what it is. Or, or some number they gave me. He came out saying, that's not the number. And whatever the situation is, they both playing games with the media. And because there's no live sports going on and, and football dominates, period. Whether a guy runs into, it doesn't matter what they, what, what happens in football. Football just dominates, the NFL rather. It just dominates, period. NFL is king. I mean, they even have the NFL to where um, instead of an onside kick as they're trying to look out for safety measures and really they're trying to get rid of the, the, the kickoff period anyway. I see that coming. That's that's coming somewhere down the line. But anyway, uh, the NFL has offered onside kicks. Instead of onside kicking, you get a fourth and 15 from the 25-yard line. Fourth and 15 from the 25-yard line. One down, and you got to get 15 yards. Instead of the onside kick, and it's at your 25-yard line. Whew. That is one serious uh, decision by a head coach. But at the same time, onside kicks aren't usually done until um, like the the last few seconds of an NFL game, and you know you have or you have no more timeouts. And you can't stop the clock, so you try to do what you can to get the ball back. I think that would be a no-brainer for a coach. Now that I'm talking it out like this, I think that's a no-brainer for a coach. So you kick the onside. I mean, you you do fourth and you do the one down for 15 yards, and then boom, turn it over. You get the other team good field position. Oh well, it is what it is. Such is life. But I think that's much better than the onside kick. And I actually like those chances better for an offense to convert 15 yards than, it, to, it, than uh, just bouncing a ball up in the air, especially with the restrictions they put on the kickoff uh, last season where you couldn't get a running start. You had to start from the line. So you couldn't – there was – I mean, they really limited the chances that you can recover an onside kick. But I like one down for 15 yards replacing the onside kick. That is so cool. I hope that comes about – um in this past and is implemented for this 2020 season that's it that's my time thank you guys so much for listening to will's take on sports here on anchorfm.com and also across all the different uh platforms that podcasts can be heard on i view all comments and uh any emails that i've received that will walk a show at yahoo.com 
Um, thank you again for those who downloaded and listened and also taking the time to email me or leave me a comment on those different platforms that podcast can be heard on. Again, if you're um, on social media, Twitter and Instagram, you can follow my podcast and my, or my show at WWS underscore sports show. Um, yes, WWS underscore sports show. And then also, like I mentioned about Facebook earlier, um, just type in the search box, Will's Take on Sports, and go to my Facebook page and like my Facebook page, please. I close the show every, uh, close every show the same way every single time. Say a prayer for somebody because prayer changes things. I holler, be safe, enjoy your Memorial Day, be safe, be, do the social distancing that you, that is necessary so we can contain the coronavirus and when life can get back to normal. Yes, indeed. Be easy, be safe. I holler.